Uh, if you're taking notes today uh, and you want to title it, you can put down Last Arrow, uh, The Storm. Uh, we are in week two of a new series we're calling Last Arrow, uh, Leave Nothing Behind for the Next Life, and uh, it's going to be good uh, today. Um, how many of you ever been a part of a big storm before, a big physical storm outside or in your life? Uh, we had a big storm the other day. Uh, Luke got super mad in the car. We have three boys. We have a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And Luke, our 3-year-old, got super mad. It started out with he wanted chips and salsa. He saw Chewies um, as we passed Chewies. And he was very, very angry that we did not go to Chewies to get chips and salsa. And uh, his binky now became a weapon. And uh, he chucked his binky to the front of the car. And, uh, and then once he had figured out that the binky didn't work, uh, he grabbed a glass of Coke and now uh, chucked it at my wife, who was driving at that time, and she was drenched in Coke <laughs> at that moment. So, yes, this is, this is what you have to look forward to, all of you who have no children, okay? But storms happen. You know, um, I'll never forget... Um, this was years ago. Uh, it was the night of the national championship college basketball game. I believe this was the night that Duke played Butler, and Butler had a chance to win it at the last second, and um, I ended up not winning, and so I leave my buddy's house, and this is like, you know, remember when, like, we had, like, uh, flip phones, and we had the slide phones with texting, and, like, apps didn't exist, and you had no idea what the weather was or anything like that? So I get into my car, and I'm driving home, and I can see this storm in the distance around, like, where I live. And I'm like, you know what? I'm on the way home. I'll just go right into it. <coughs> and so I'm driving. <coughs> Matt, hey, buddy, I'm going to need some water. I'm sorry. Um, I'm driving, and my backpack. Sorry, it's in the, it's in the sound booth. Um, I'm driving, and I get into the thick of the storm. And, you know, you deal with storms all the time, but this was a pretty wicked storm. Like, at one moment, I start realizing, like, there are trees falling all around me. You know what I mean? And, like, I'm like, I mean, the roads are blocked, and there are sirens going off, and I'm like, you know, oh, Jesus, help me now. You know, one of those kind of moments. Thank you so much. And, um, and so... It was a pretty nasty storm. We didn't have a tornado, but we had, it was called straight winds. And the straight winds were, I think, around uh, 110 miles per hour. And um, uh, we had a trampoline from somebody in the neighborhood in our yard, um, you know, siding. I mean, it was just a big, big mess. So pretty crazy night. Well, a few months later, um, we have another opportunity for one of those nights, like a big storm, okay? And uh, I had a friend, and he was on my leadership team, and he actually lived in the same neighborhood as, as I did. Let me show you a picture of him real quick. Um, this was my friend, Tracy Branch, okay? And um, uh, that kind of explains Tracy to you, that he would take a picture with his dog, okay? You know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, that's like a legit picture. And then show the next picture of Tracy, Okay. This is Tracy at summer youth camp, and he has two children stacked on top of him and uh, endangering their life. Um, this is just Tracy, okay? He, uh, he would actually like, run all of our games at youth camp, and they were usually pretty crazy, and somebody usually got hurt, uh, which I always approved and uh, was for. So, um, but anyways, we have this night. We're going to have the storm, and all of a sudden, you know, 
the lights start flickering, the sirens start going off, and, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, at this point taking these moments kind of serious because we've had this big, wicked storm we had a few months ago. And um, I'm trying to watch the weather, and we used to have this, like, big oval, like, window in our door, and you could, like, see, like, right into our house. And all of a sudden, the power goes off, and I see this light, like, come into my door, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And the sirens are going off, and there's this face, like, pressed up against the glass, and there's this light shining into my house. And I'm like, is somebody trying to rob me right now? Like, what is happening right now? And so I go to the door, and it's Tracy, okay? It's Tracy, and he has a big flashlight on his forehead, okay? And I promise you, now, Tracy is like a football coach, okay? And he's like, he's on level 100, 100% of the time, okay? And so now he's even higher than 100 because there's sirens and stuff going on. And he goes, Jeff, this is what's going to happen. And I was like, okay, all right, yeah, you got my attention. He goes, he goes listen, I, got I wrote this out because it was so great. He goes, listen, the wind is going to pick up. Okay? And then we're going to have really heavy rain. And after the really heavy rain, he goes, hail is going to come. And when hail comes, all hell's going to broke loose. You know? And I'm like, okay, cool. You know? And he goes, then you're going to hear the sound of what you think is a train. But it is a tornado. And it's going to come. And it's going to blast our community. And then he goes, he goes, he promised, he goes, I promise you, though, I will be here and I will dig you out of the rubble. Okay, I promise you. He goes, I will dig you out of the rubble. Well, I'm thinking, who's going to dig Tracy out of the rubble, you know? You know, and God rest his soul, he didn't make it that night. <laughs> oh, look, I love your guys' faces. You're like, you're like, I sucked all the air out of the room. You're like, are you serious? No, he made it. But the truth is, what, what really happened that night? Nothing. The storm actually went a different direction. And, you know, from that day on, I was always like, Tracy, don't forget, I'll dig you out of the rubble. You know, I mean, it's just one of those deals. But I think this is kind of how life works sometimes. You know, we think a big storm's coming, and then it never comes, and we worry, and we're in fear, and... You know, we're, you know, constantly thinking about Ralph who stole your lunch at your job and um, the conflict that you're going to have with Ralph. How many of you have done that before? You've, like, festered for days. You know, you're, like, thinking, like, oh, man, just wait till I see Ralph. He's going to get it, you know. I had my name on that spaghetti. It was mine, you know. But the truth is this. The real storms of life come out of nowhere. The real storms of life just kind of happen, and we're not expecting these storms to happen. And we see uh, this picture in the Word of God in Luke. Go with me to Luke chapter 8. Uh, we're going to look at verses 20 through, 22 through 25, and uh, we're going to get a picture of this. It says this, One day Jesus said to the disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they started out. Verse 23, they sailed across. Jesus settled down for a nap. I love that Jesus has a strong nap game, okay? That gives me a lot of peace in my soul about naps, okay? It says this, but a 
But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake, and the boat was filling up with water, and the disciples were in real danger. Verse 24. The disciples went to wake him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going down. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and suddenly the storm stopped, and all was calm. Verse 25. Then he asked them, Where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed at the same time. Who is this man, they asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. So what we're going to do today is this. We're going to break down this passage of Scripture. Because I truly believe that every single word in the Bible is put there for an exact reason. And we can always draw life and understanding from every word in the, in the Bible. This story gives us great insight how life and the kingdom of God intersect as it relates to storms in our life. The reality is some of you might be going through a pretty major storm today. Some of you may be sailing away and everything's great. And, you know, a year from now, a fierce storm might come down upon you. We need understanding as how God thinks about these type of things. So point number one is this. I got a lot of points today, but we're going to go fast, okay? I promise you, don't, don't get hung up on all the points, okay? We'll, we'll be okay. You'll get, you'll get the cracker barrel. It'll be okay, all right? <laughs> point number one, it says this. It said, let us cross the other side. The word let's means this. It means all of us, some of us. Jesus wasn't talking to some of them. He was talking to all of them. And this is the character and the nature of our God. He always includes us into his story. Wherever Jesus is going, he wants to take us with a part of the journey. We see this in Luke chapter 15. Jesus tells three different stories. And the first story is this. A man had 100 sheep, and he lost one sheep, and he leaves the 100 sheep, and he goes and finds the one sheep. And when he finds the one sheep, he comes back, and he tells all of his friends, and they have a massive party. Jesus is pro-party. Can we give it up for pro-party Jesus, okay? All right? Crazy story. You got a hundred, one's missing, but I'm going to leave the hundred to go after one. He then tells another story about a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one coin and she does what moms do. I used to call my mom the white tornado, okay? Because when she would lose something, the house would become a tornado, you know what I mean? And she'd be flipping things and couches and, you know, things like that. And so, she starts tearing apart the house, and she ends up finding the one coin that she is missing. And what does she do? She spends money to throw a party for all of her friends to celebrate the one coin that she is missing. She probably spent more on the party than the one coin that she is missing. Doesn't make any sense. Jesus then tells another story about a son that's selfish and in sin and wants his own way and his own you know, plot in life, and he leaves his dad, and he takes his inheritance, and he wastes it all, and he parties, and, you know, lives a crazy life, and he comes back, and what does the dad do? Throws a party. What is Jesus telling us in Luke chapter 15? He's telling us he really loves people, and he wants to include them into his story. Every person on the earth, God really desperately loves. Yeah, 
I'll be honest with you. Sometimes that's a huge challenge for me because I'll, I'll be honest. I just I don't like everybody on the earth. I mean, can we just be real for a second? You know, I mean, there's moments I'm just like, I don't like you. You know, but God does. God loves us, and He loves humanity. He loves people, and He wants to bring them into the story that He's creating. So He says, "Let's let's all." Cross to the other side. Verse Point number two is this. Point number two, he said, cross to the other side of the lake. Now, did Jesus ever imply how long it was going to, get to the, going to take to get to the other side? No. He just said, we're going to the other side. And I think a lot of us get frustrated with God because we're like, okay, God, you said we were going to go to the other side. Okay, God, you said that, you know, we were going to get pregnant. Or, okay, God, you said that I was going to get an increase. Or, okay, God, I'm waiting for this new opportunity with my job. Or, okay, God, you know, we're believing for this new house. Or, okay, God, this and this and this and this and this. And God goes, yes, 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 yes. I want you to be blessed. I want you to have a big family. I want you to have a great marriage. I want, I, I want all this for you. But I think sometimes we get so frustrated with God because we're like, why is it not happening now? You know, we, I mean, just to be honest, we live in such a crazy world. Like every time I make microwave popcorn, I'm just like, thank you, God, for microwaves. I mean, listen, I'm about to eat hot, buttery popcorn, you know, it's not, you know. And then if I can throw some M&Ms inside of that, it gets it even better, you know what I mean? I'm just like, how great is that? Could you imagine living in like the 1900s? You know what I mean? And there's no microwaves. But the reality is this, we live an instant life. And we just perceive because we live in this instant world that God lives in this instant world. God's going, listen, you're going to get to the other side. My plans for you are not going to fail. But I'm not going to tell you always exactly how long it's going to take, but we're going to get there. And the reality is this, is that Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke. What does it mean that Jesus spoke? It means this. Jesus is God, and when God speaks, there's always authority and provision. Always. Look at the beginning of the world. God spoke. What happened? Authority and provision. So whenever God speaks, God knows how to take care of that situation. God doesn't speak out of turn. God always speaks knowing the beginning, the middle, and the end. And he knows how to take care of it. So this is why when prophetic words come to me, they are so valuable. And I'll be honest, you know, I, there are certain people that I highly value when they give me a prophetic word. Obviously, when Bill gives me a prophetic word, I highly value that. When uh, Brenda Chenoweth gives me a prophetic word, I highly value that. Why? Because that's what God is speaking over my life, prophetically. I have, you know, and I don't even know if Bill knows this. I have every prophetic word you've ever spoken over me in church written out in my office in a folder. And they mean the world to me. Because that's what God speaks over my life. That's why when Brenda had a prophetic word for me, I said, listen, you got to type this out. You got to send this to me. Because when God speaks, I want to align my life with what God is speaking. I want to align my future with what God is saying about my future, what God is saying about our church. 
So when God speaks, there is always authority. There's always provision. Point number three is this. So they got into the boat. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about this. God is always looking for us to take the first step of faith. I mean, the reality is this, they had a choice. They could have gotten into the boat or they could have chose not to get into the boat. I know Jesus is saying we're going this way, but I still have a choice. Sometimes God's leading us, guiding us, directing us to do something. Just like Christy. You know what I love about Christy? Is that she took us up of faith. She didn't have to. I mean, there, nobody would have known if she wouldn't have, have not prayed for her, right? Nobody. So God speaks to Christy. He says, listen, that's my beloved child. I love her. I want her healed. I need you to lay hands on her. Now, the reality is in that moment, she's either going to cave to um, fear and anxiety and wonder if it doesn't work and, you know, wonder if I'm wrong and, and all these things, or she's going to just take a step of faith and go, okay, I'll get in the boat. All right, God, where are we going? You know, where are we going, God? They got into the boat. I think sometimes God is really, really, really waiting for us to go, okay, come on, get into the boat. Trust me, it's going to be really, really good, I promise you. Point number four is this. They started out. The Bible says they started out, okay? I love the Bible says this. Why? Because God is always in the start, the middle, and the end. God is the author and finisher of our faith. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this. And I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. So what does that tell me? He is the author and the finisher of the beginning, the middle, and the end. And every part of the story of your life, no matter what season of life you're in, he knows the beginning, the middle, and the end, and he is working out his plans for you. You know, some of you, you might be looking for Mr. or Mrs. Wright, okay? And you're like, can I get an amen from some people, okay? Thank you, Adam. Yes. You believe in. Amen. God's promises are always yes and amen. <laughs> so what is God telling us? God's in the beginning. He knows where you're at in that season. But God also knows when you first get married. You know, I call this dumb and dumber, okay, when you first get married. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm dumb and you're dumber and we're dumb. You know what I mean? We, we don't, I listen, I was the dumbest person in the world when I got married, okay? I thought I knew a lot. I did not know much, okay? Let's just be honest with you, okay? And I needed a lot of Jesus. But God is in there. He's in the, he's in the beginning, but he's also in the middle. When you're 10 years in and you got multiple kids and you got a career and you got a job and life is crazy and you're going a million different directions, he's right there. But God is also at the end where all of a sudden you're an empty nester and you're like, okay, God, I raised my kids and I raised my family and, and now what? I say this all the time. If you have breath in your lungs, you're on planet Earth for a reason. God has a desire, a plan for your life. People that you are called to intersect with and bring the grace and the goodness and the love and the mercy of God to them. But we gotta recognize that God is working out his plan. And if we'll stay connected into his plan, if we stay in the boat, 
He's going to work it out. He's going to work it all out for us. Point number five is this. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. A nap. A nap. Anybody else pro-nap in here? I mean, I mean, I mean, especially on a Sunday, it's rainy. It's kind of nasty out. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, let's get some food. Let's, you know, go home, watch the new Cavaliers team. That's going to be great. And let's fall asleep on the couch. Pro-nap. Now, what's interesting to me is that Jesus decides to take a nap as they're going across the lake. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that if I, you know, lived in that time and day, I don't know how confident I would have been in those structures, those boats at that time. You know what I mean? I mean, there are like cruise ships that like blow up today. You know what I mean? Let alone these boats, you know, thousands of years ago. And they're sailing across, and Jesus decides, you know what, I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap. Why does Jesus take a nap? Why? It's because he spoke. What did Jesus say? Let's cross to the other side. So in the mind of Christ, when he said, let's cross to the other side, that meant what? We're going to the other side. I don't really care what happens. I don't really care what's going on. I spoke, and when I speak, there's authority and there's provision. And because of what I said, no matter what we face, we are what? We are going to the other side. And because I know we're going to the other side, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to rest. I'm going to be completely fine. Stress is not going to take me out early. Fear is not going to take me out early. You know? I mean, think about how many hours we spend stressing about jobs and bosses and conversations and our marriage and life. So much time. And God's going, I got you. I got you. I know where we're going. See, the problem is it's, it's me on the plane. Why do I have an issue on an airplane? Because I'm not in control. Why well, I'm okay when I'm driving? Because I have this sense that I'm in control. But am I really in control? I mean, I'm driving 90 miles down the road and the highway, and, you know, if, gosh, if just one thing goes wrong, I'm going to flip my car. But when I'm on the plane, I really freak out because why? Because I'm like, I'm like, I'm not in control, and this thing is going up, and it's going down, and it's going side to side, and, and this is us in life. See, Jesus could rest because he knew where they were going. Full confidence. Full confidence. See, this is what Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says in the Amplified. It says this. I will never, under any circumstance, desert you. Do you hear that? Under any circumstance. Any any circumstance you can think of, dream of, go through, he says, I will never leave you, desert you, nor give up on you, nor leave you without support. Love it. Nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you, nor will I let you down 
or relax my hold on you. This is God's promise. When we say God's promises are yes and amen, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, that is my promise. That even though I might be walking through moments of my life and I'm going, God, where are you? It feels like you are asleep right now. It feels like you have left me. It feels like you have abandoned me. The whole entire time, God's going, I got you. I will never take my hand off you. I was thinking about that. I drove past uh, the school that we actually started the church in, and we were there for five weeks, and we went back to my house, and we're having church in my house, and I'm trying to figure out where this church was going and what we were doing with our life. And to be honest with you, there was a moment where I was really, really questioning, God, are you asleep at the wheel? God, have you forsaken me? God, have I screwed up my life? God, what is going on? And I'll never forget, I got a call from a friend of ours in Michigan, and they said, we have got to come down and pray over you. And I was like, okay, great. When do you want to do it? They said, tomorrow. And I said, okay. And they, they came, and they brought their whole family, and they got to our house about 10 o'clock at night, and we said hi for about an hour and a half, and about 11.30 at night, we started worshiping in my, my living room. We started praising God, and, and her husband, sweet man, super quiet man, really had never had a lot of conversation with them before, but he came over, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and he started to pray for me. And it was like Jesus, it wasn't even like it was him, it was like Jesus was right there and he had his hand on my shoulder and he was like, it's okay. I know it looks grim right now. I know it looks like you have failed. I know it looks like there is no hope in future, but I got you. I will never relax my hand upon your life. And I have told him multiple times, this church exists because of what he did. But who was it really? It was God. Because he's faithful. He's faithful. The word forsake in the Hebrew means that he'll never abandon, desert, leave you lonely, childless. I love that. I love that. I, 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 the Greek lexicon says that he will never leave you childless. If you are believing for a baby, I promise you, he will not leave you childless. I promise you. It's his word. It's his truth. I believe it. We always see the nature of God. Just read the Old Testament. Look at God with Israel. He never leaves them, never forsakes them. Point number six is this. Soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The Bible says this, that the rain will rain on the just and the unjust. Storms will come out of nowhere in life. This is why you need to know the promises of God so that when storms come, we can go through it with great Joy, number seven, is this. The boat was filling up with water, and they were in real danger. Uh, Matt, do we have that picture? Oh, Jack, okay, let me throw up that picture real quick. Whew. I don't know if you follow Bethel. We love Bethel. And uh, they posted this picture what, back in, like, I think December. Yeah, December. This is one of their staff members, um, their son. Now, I know this about Bill Johnson. 
for about the first seven years of their church, she preached three messages. Number one, God is good. Number two, God heals. Number three, sickness is from the devil. And this is all he preached for like seven years. So when it happens to your people, your staff, kind of, kind of hurts. And they posted this picture. This is his name is Jack, and um, his body was failing. His kidneys were failing. I mean, I mean, his brain was failing. Everything was failing. I don't know about you, but like when I go to a children's hospital, I just like walk, I just sob and I pray because kids, I love kids. And me and Jess would see these pictures and it just grabbed our hearts and we would just pray. I don't know Jack, I don't know his family, but I know that God heals and he restores and you know, me and Jess would have conversations because, I mean, for weeks it was just worse and it was worse and it was worse and it was worse. But they kept believing, they kept trusting, they kept quoting the word of God, they kept worshiping in his room, they kept speaking God's word. And then all of a sudden in the midst of Jack, his sister gets the same exact thing. And Jess looks at me one day and she goes, how, Jeff? How? How is this happening, Jeff? And you go, I, I don't know. This says this, the boat was filling up with water and they were in real danger. Real danger. Sometimes in life, we're gonna have real danger. We're gonna have moments where we go, I don't understand what's going on, God. I don't get it. I don't understand where the storm came from. I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it. Take it down. And at that moment, the enemy wants us to give up. Just like we talked last week, he wants us to stop firing the arrows. He wants us to go, you know what? Yep, the enemy wins. You know, the word isn't true. God's, you know, promises don't work. Obviously, it didn't, it didn't work. He wants us to give up. But then in verse 24, point number eight, it says this, the disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we are going down. They did the smartest thing they could have ever done. They woke up Jesus. Why? Because prayer works. Prayer works. I wanna show you something. This is my journal, and um, it's nothing fancy. It's like three bucks. And uh, I have all kinds of stuff in here. I mean, like I write down our finances. Yeah, I'm old school. I like still write them down and uh, make sure that we're sticking to it. We don't, we don't do credit cards and debt and stuff, and so we got to live within our means every month. And, um, and I have scriptures written down and all kinds of stuff, and God speaks to me. I write it down because I don't want to forget. But in this book, I have this page of things that I'm believing for in faith, that I'm praying out consistently, trusting God for. 
because I truly believe prayer works. When I prayed for your body to be healed, I'm not just praying some prayer so that you feel better today. I believe that when we call upon the name of Jesus, mountains move. And I said they woke him up and Point number nine is this. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and suddenly the storm stopped, and all was calm. Listen, don't miss your suddenly with God. Don't miss your suddenly. You might be going through storms in life, and maybe you're not going through a storm right now, but I assure you there will be a day that you will go through a storm, but I am as sure as the storm will come, I am as sure as Jesus will fight for you, and he will stand up for you, and he will have your back, and he will walk through it, and I promise you if you hold on to him, and you hold on to the word, and you trust God, and you pray, and you seek him, I promise you there'll be a suddenly. There'll be a suddenly. That same weekend, they came down and they prayed for me. I mean, we had no hope of any kind of building for our church at all. And they said, we're gonna pray that God has a great space for you. And we prayed that night. It was probably one o'clock in the morning by that time. The next day we had church at my house. By the time we got done with church, I had voicemails on my phone from the teen center. I have no idea how they even got my number. I have no idea how they even found out about me. But they said, listen, we have a building. We know you're a church and we know you need a space and we want to meet with you tomorrow. It was my suddenly. It was a suddenly. Listen, I'm telling you, God has suddenlies for you. God has suddenlies for you. He has suddenly moments where the glory of God breaks through. His blessing breaks through. His favor breaks through. And he's going, will you just trust me? Just trust me. I know it seems crazy right now, but I need you to relax. I need you to rest. I need you to be assured that I am with you. I got you. We're going to the other side. Why don't you stand up today? Can you show that last picture of Jack? Jackson, come here, Bubba. Jackson is completely healed today. He went home a couple weeks ago. I love the video they have of him just riding his bike, just being a kid, like it never happened. Don't tell me God doesn't heal. Don't tell me God doesn't restore. Don't tell me God is not for you. He's not. He's so for you. He's not against you. He's just looking for you to hold on to him. Grab on to him. Trust him. Amen. Why don't you grab a hand next to you? I know we all have things we're trusting God and believing for. I want you to do this. I want you to tell the person on your right or left something that you're trusting God for right now. Come on, just tell them something. Something you're believing God for right now.
Sorry for the little person. That's, that's Luke, the thrower. He thinks that this is his church, so. Can we agree in faith right now? Can we use faith for each other? The word tells us where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there. The word also tells us where two agree on anything in the name of Jesus, it shall be done for us. So come on, let's hook our faith up. Let's believe for each other today. And let's see God restore and renew. Come on, let's pray. Come on, pray. 30 seconds. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. God, we thank you that you're the God of sunlight. Thank you, God, you heal. that's believing for for children. And if the wife isn't in here and the husband is in here, I want you to raise your hand. Raise it up. We're going to pray for you, okay? Throw your hand up. Come on. Come on. Look, there's hands up. If you're around them, I want you to lay hands upon them. Ryan, we go lay hands on John Thompson in the back. Come on. God told us in the beginning in Genesis, what did he say? He said, be fruitful and multiply. We want the earth to be fruitful of kids full of the Holy Spirit, kids full of Jesus. Amen? Come on. Let's believe for them today. Father, we thank you for your health and life. Lord, we lift up these women to you right now, and I speak to their bodies. I speak to their wombs, I speak to their reproductive organs, and I tell them to work perfectly in Jesus' name. Just as God created and intended them to be, we declare it in Jesus' name. We thank you in the name of Jesus that they will not be childless, but they will be fruitful and they will multiply and fill the earth with children that are full of the kingdom of God, children that are full of Jesus, children that are full of the Holy Spirit. We declare it right now in Jesus' name. We rebuke every weapon formed against their bodies. We rebuke miscarriage right now. I speak to you miscarriage, and I tell you, you must go in Jesus' name. You have no authority, you have no rights, no business attacking their lives. We plead the blood of Jesus upon them. We release your grace upon them right now. And we declare in Jesus' name that they will be fruitful, they will multiply, they will have babies, and they
they will come to full term and they will be born and they will fill the earth and they will be awesome for the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. We declare this right now in Jesus' mighty, mighty name and everybody agrees, said amen, 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 amen. Come on, just let's praise God for 30 seconds. Praise you, Jesus. We worship you. God, we thank you for suddenlies. We thank you for suddenlies. Moments where you move on our behalf. We receive it in Jesus' name. And we give you the praise. And we worship you ahead of time. Even in these moments that we have not seen the victory yet, we worship you now knowing that you are for us. You're not against us. You are for us. You are not against us. God, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, if I could have the elders come down. Um, if you need prayer for anything today, we want to make sure that we have an opportunity to connect with you, to pray. Our elder team, they're going to come down. They're just going to line up the front. If you need anything today, we'd love to pray for you. We love you. We are so grateful to have the opportunity to love you and to pastor you. Um, Great things are on the horizon. Great things are on the horizon. Be expecting to see God's goodness. We love you. We'll see you. If you need prayer, please come on down. We'll see you next week.